Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 32 of Revelation chapter 6. We're going to read Revelation 6, verse 14 through 17, the end of the chapter. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now we were looking at mountains um, in our last study as every mountain was moved out of its place. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And we saw that this has to be a figure of speech. It's again another spiritual picture pointing to kingdoms. And Satan had his kingdom established in this world over fallen man. He had the kingdom in which all unsaved people were in captivity to sin and to Satan himself. And Satan was also given the kingdom in the churches and the congregations. He he was reigning within the church world. The corporate churches were under his authority throughout the 23-year Great Tribulation period. But once Judgment Day came on May 21, 2011, then that kingdom, or in all the kingdoms of Satan, the kingdom of his reign in the world and his the kingdom of his reign in the church, were removed. Now, God uses an interesting language back in Revelation 2, in verse 5, and and some of these words are the same Greek words, but it's a, a different idea here. But uh, let's just read in Revelation 2, verse 5, where the Lord is speaking to the church at Ephesus and, and in turn to all the churches. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. The word remove is the same, is a translation of the same Greek word that um, we find in our verse in Revelation 6.14, moved. Every mountain and island were moved or removed out of their places. And also, the word place is the same in Revelation 2.5 and Revelation 614. I, I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. God had established the light of the gospel within the churches and congregations. It was an established place. They, they were the outward representation of the kingdom of heaven to the inhabitants of the earth and God is saying in warning, uh, look, if you're not faithful, if you do not return to your first love, if you do not keep my commandments, then I will come quickly 
And that is a phrase we've seen, which means as as soon as my salvation program or my uh, time program for the churches and for the world permits, and and that is as soon as the church age ends and that allotted period of time expires, then I will come quickly. And that's exactly what he did. Immediately at the end of the church age, Christ came and removed the light of the candlestick from the midst of all the churches and congregations. He he moved it out of its place. And and now um, in Revelation 6.14, this is every mountain and island were moved out of their places, out of their established and fixed positions. We understand spiritually that mountain can refer to kingdoms. And, and therefore we can see the spiritual picture of that. The kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of Satan were fixed, established, and on the day of judgment they were removed. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ took the kingdom. He is the one reigning now over all that previously belonged to Satan. Now the, the island is more difficult. What does that mean? That, uh, every Mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the word island or isle, as, as it's sometimes, uh, used in the King James, um, it, it can refer to a literal island as, uh, early on in the book of Revelation, John was on the isle of Patmos to receive this divine revelation. And that was a literal island named Patmos. But oftentimes the isles uh, or the islands as they're spoken of in the Bible are pointing to the continents. And uh, we can see why that would be. The continents are surrounded by water and they're large land masses. Um, God says back in Genesis chapter 10, in verse 5, by these were the isles of the Gentiles. And the word Gentiles um, is also translated as nations. By these were the isles of the nations divided in their lands. Everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. And we know that in the days of Peleg, God divided the land masses uh, as he says also in Genesis 10, in verse 25, And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. And after the flood, there there was one huge landmass, and a God divided the continents, and the continents began to shift and drift and move. And so uh, there was a time when literally the isles moved out of their places. And uh, that was in the days of Peleg some 5,000 plus years ago. And to think of that literally, if if we want to consider that literally, that's not what God is talking about. 
He's not referring to a literal uh, movement of the continents in the day of judgment. It would have something else in mind. Now, in Isaiah 40, uh, just to show how God uses the word isle as, as a figure of the continents, it says in Isaiah 40, in verse 15, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And that would be all the continents of the world, the, the whole earth is a very little thing to God. It It's nothing. This world is absolutely nothing in comparison to the almighty and infinite God of the Bible. And God is just, just letting us know that. After all, he did just simply speak a word and, and these things came into being. Uh, so he is uh, infinitely greater enormously uh, greater than this world itself and all the things in the world. In Isaiah 49, in verse 1, we read there, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. Jehovah has called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother has he made mention of my name. Now here, there is a um, some Hebrew parallelism where the first part of the statement equals the second part of the statement. Listen, O isles unto me, hearken ye people from far. And uh, here we see that the isles or islands, which represent the continents and therefore the earth, is also a figure of the people of the world. And, and that makes sense because the people live in the landmass. They live in the continents. And, and so God uses the continents as a type and a figure of people. We, we find that, uh, same idea in Zephaniah 2. It says in, uh, let's see, beginning in verse 9. Therefore, as I live, saith Jehovah of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom, and as the children of Ammon as Gomorrah, even the breeding of nettles and salt pits and a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. This shall they have for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of Jehovah of hosts. Jehovah will be terrible unto them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth. And men shall worship him, everyone from his place, even all the isles of the heathen. And here God is talking about men worshiping him, everyone from his place, the isles of the heathen, or the isles of the nations. That is the place of men. So when we're reading in Revelation 6 that every mountain and island were moved out of their places, this is indicating that the kingdoms of this world and the people of this world are being moved from 
the situation that they once were in. Satan had his time of rule in the world and in the church, and now that is over. And mankind had their period of time in this world, and they had the time that God had given them to find salvation, to experience the grace of God, and and to have their sins forgiven. And now all of that has come to a close. It is the day of judgment. And now there is a, a great upheaval amongst the inhabitants of the earth. And that's why we read in verse 15 and also in verse 16, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. I might as well read verse 17 also, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now, there there has been a big change uh, in the earth, and all of the people, as these various groups, the kings of the earth, great men, rich men, chief captains, mighty men, bond men, and free men are really uh, representing all of the unsaved people in their various positions in this world, in this life. And notice that they are now attempting to hide themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And that is something that the Bible does tell us will take place in the day of judgment. That mankind now wants to be hidden from the face of God because, well, their, their sins are exposed and, and they realize they need a covering. And that desire to hide from God's presence goes all the way back to the beginning of the fall of man into sin. As we read in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 7, And the eyes of them both were open. This is after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the forbidden tree. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. So when God made his presence known, man hid themselves from God. And they also tried to cover their nakedness. Well, now it's the day of judgment. Now it is time where God is judging the sins of men. And and so now they are attempting to cover themselves, to hide themselves, to hide their sins from the all-seeing eyes of the God with whom they have to do. And that's why they're fleeing to the dens and to the rocks. 
and saying to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. And and this idea is taught in the Bible. Men are given a period of time, a space to repent. The church was given that time. The unsaved inhabitants of the earth were given time during the day of salvation, wherein they could approach unto God, they could seek Him, they could cry out for mercy, they could beg the Lord um, daily and all day long, uh, Thou, Son of David, have mercy upon me. O God, as the publican, they could beat their breast and and cry out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Like King David, they could go to God honestly and confess their sins and and ask the Lord to create within them a new heart and a new spirit. And on and on, God gave so many examples. He, he has literally uh, covered the Bible with so many examples of his grace and mercy and encouraging man to approach unto him to boldly go to his throne of grace. And mankind, what did they do if they were not elect, if they were not chosen? Well, they they uh, ignored the gracious words of God, the gracious um, encouragements of his word. They dismissed the call of God, especially as he sent forth his word into all the world, letting it be known that the day of judgment was coming on a certain day, an appointed day in which he intended to judge the world, and on a day in which God would shut the door of heaven. Well, they dismissed it. They argued about it. No man can know the day or hour. They talked all around it, and... They they wasted their days, then they wasted their time, and they did everything but humble themselves and go to the Lord as God required, as God permitted, and they they did not do it. But now, once the day of judgment has come, once the door is shut, and now God is no longer saving we're going to find more and more individuals that are going to seek the Lord. They're going to seek the the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ, the covering of the gospel, the covering of salvation. They're going to seek these things that they might be hidden in the day of his wrath. But the uh, the only problem is now it's too late. Remember what God said in Zephaniah, also in in chapter 2, in Zephaniah 2, I'll read from verse 1. Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of Jehovah come upon you, before the day of Jehovah's anger come upon you. Seek ye Jehovah, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness, 
it may be he shall be hid in the day of Jehovah's anger. You see, God's people, they were hidden in the Lord Jesus Christ, just as Noah and his family were hidden in the ark when the flood came. And they were not exposed to the waters of the flood, the deluge could not touch them because they were safe and secure inside the ark. And that ark represented the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, as it says in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 3, For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Everyone who has become saved is Hidden, their life is hidden with Christ in God. And, and this is why, for instance, in Isaiah 26, God says in verse 20, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. You see, this is all language indicating that God's people have entered into the chambers, the the safety of the ark. They have entered into the security of salvation in Christ before the day of the Lord came to pass. Uh, this is what is in view in Matthew 25 with the parable of the ten virgins when the cry came that the bridegroom cometh. And then it said uh, in verse 7, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. You see, the five wise were ready, and they went in with the bridegroom, Christ, to the marriage or the wedding, and the door was shut. The door of heaven, the door of salvation, all of the wise that understood, as Daniel 12 said, the wise will understand, but none of the wicked will understand. All of those made wise through the salvation of God and given the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of Christ, they went in and the door was shut, just as we read in Isaiah 26, verse 20, and now they are safe and secure, now they can withstand, they can stand, and none other in the day of judgment as God leaves his people on the earth to go through these days of judgment day, this period of time, but they're, they're hid, their lives are hid with, with Christ. They have nothing to fear. There will no harm come to them. They will be tried and tested and purified as sons of Levi and come forth as gold and silver 
and then they they will enter into the new heaven and the new earth. But the rest of those professed Christians, notice verse 11 of Matthew 25, afterward, afterward, after what? After the door was shut. It, it is just simply incredible how we are witnessing the words of the Bible come to life right before our eyes. I mean, just think, the Bible refers to Judgment Day as a time when the door shuts. That That is just a fact. We just read it here in this parable. We could go to other verses also where God refers to Judgment as a time when the door is shut. And yet that's not the end of the matter. Then, afterward, after the door is shut, came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. It it is incredible that after the door is shut comes the other virgins, the foolish virgins, the unsaved professed Christians. And we would have to say, within the church and without the church, as there are there are those outside of the churches that aren't saved just as well as those within. And they are coming to God, and they are attempting to open the door. They are attempting to have the Lord open the door. And that is exactly what has been happening practically every day since May 21 of 2011, as individuals have been uh, desperately uh, searching the Bible for any verse they can find. For uh, for the slightest verse, they, they don't want to check out all the information that indicates the door is shut. They're just looking for a, a verse they can latch on to, and, and then they can proclaim, well, you see, God's still saving. The door is not shut. They're trying to open the door. Of course, it's impossible. What God has shut, no man can open. But it doesn't stop them from persistently attempting to open up the door of salvation. And yet, the door does not open. Uh, we never find in these verses... And and uh, this verse has found uh, this statement of Lord, Lord, open to us and uh, is found in a couple of other places that God never opens the door. God never opens the door, no matter what they say, no matter the, the language they use. In Luke 13, it says in verse 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able when once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door. And ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, 
all ye workers of iniquity. There is no convincing God. There is no getting him to open up the door again. And, and so, in effect, they are crying out to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and cover us. Hide us now. Now hide us. Afterward, after the door is shut. And, and there is no covering. There is no place to run. There is no place to hide outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot hide in doctrine. You cannot hide in the church. You cannot hide in the words and philosophies of men. There is nowhere to hide. 